But I do want to just share a word this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, let's get them ready. Let me pray for us. And we'll see what the Lord wants to do. So Lord, we do thank you for a new year. Your word says that you are the giver of every good gift. We thank you that our lives are a gift. And that this year before us is a gift from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the perspective we need. We don't know the future, but we know who holds the future. You know all that is before us. And so we willingly and joyfully set our eyes upon you, knowing that you promise to be with us. You promise to go before us. You promise to never leave or forsake us. And I pray even this morning as we begin this journey together, Lord, would you build that sense of expectancy in our hearts? Thank you for all the things that you have for us. Give us eyes to see them. Give us ears to hear what it is that you're saying to us this year, this day, and this moment now. Come Holy Spirit, in the midst of the heat, in the midst of summer holidays and distractions. We want to just quieten ourselves before you. And hear your voice. Open our eyes to see the beauty of who you are. We pray and have your way in our hearts today. This day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16. We like to, at the beginning of the year, just try and bring a bit of a focus. And as I said earlier, there's actually a number of differing scriptures that the Lord's put on my heart that we may unpack and unfold as the year progresses and I thought I was going down a different tangent I said last night my wife said oh so what are you focusing on this morning and I told her and she was shocked and surprised she said I thought you were going a different path but we're going down this way but there is a few different things that I think are worth us focusing upon and I always like the beginning of a year a year's ended a new year is here, it's fresh, it's untainted, it's full of promise. We love to make resolutions. I won't ask for a show of hands of how many people have made resolutions or how many people are actually managed to continue keeping their resolutions a week into the new year. In one sense, it's just a day in the calendar, but it does afford us an opportunity, doesn't it, to consider, to look back. I'm not sure what sort of a year 2017 was for you, for each of us here, different, no doubt. But what happened during the year? What did we achieve? What did we leave undone? How well did we spend the days, the hours, and the minutes of the most recent orbit around the sun? I don't know how you spent yours, but here's some facts. And I'm sure they're true because they came from the internet, the source of all wisdom. <laughs> this is what the average person, 20 or older, according to this one internet survey, did during the last year. He or she spent 146 days sleeping. I thought as I read that, I'm sure there wasn't many parents of young children that were surveyed. For many years, I've been sorely dragging down that average. But this is the year I'm aiming for above average. What do you think of that, Adam? Amen to that. Interestingly, 140 days sleeping, but only 53 days on working and work-related activities. No doubt these are conclusions based on extensive research. But apparently, according to this article, we are the generation that sleeps the most and works the least of any prior generation. Don't know what to do with that, but there you go. On average, he or she 
spent 18 days eating and drinking. Who says not enough to that? 12 days shopping. My wife definitely says not enough to that. Spent 82 days in the year on leisure, relaxing. We spent two hours per day. Now, it's obvious here that they were asking people, I think, 20 or older, but two hours a day on social media, on average. I think if it had been teenagers, it would have been 24 hours. They never switch off. But on average, two hours a day is 30 days during the year. Not sure whether you're above or below average, but there you go. There's a New Year's resolution. If you just switch off the Facebook, you've gained an entire month of your life. It's a gift. That one's for free. The average person spent one day waiting for public transport and six minutes per day or nearly one day laughing. Anyone above average and they're laughing? I don't know how they measured that. But apparently, according to this study, which of course is the source of all wisdom, the 1950s spent 18 minutes per day laughing. So we're far more miserable than the 1950s generation. All of that to say this, we've had a year, a year has come and gone, we have a year before us. And time is the one thing that we can never get more of, no matter how hard we try. But I always think it is worth us thinking with this 365 days minus seven already, how is it we're going to use it? What are we going to do with our time? What is it that we need to change from perhaps priorities and things that we focused upon last year? How can we prepare? As I said, we don't know all the things that will unfold. We might have some suspicions. We might have even a few certainties. But what is it important? What is it that's important as we begin a new year for us to focus upon. And if you haven't turned there already, Acts chapter 16 is a passage because I want to help give us a perspective that's useful in any season, in any year, but particularly was put upon my heart for us, for this morning, for this year, for 2018. I hope it helps. So are you ready to go? Are we ready to go? Is anybody ready to go? Have we all checked out? It's too hot. It's too warm. Acts chapter 16. We're going to read from verse 23. Let me quickly set the scene. We have here Paul, who we, of course, know, the Apostle Paul. He's with Silas. And they've set off on Paul's second missionary journey. Three great missionary journeys detailed throughout the book of Acts 4, if you include his final trip to Rome. But they're off traveling, proclaiming the gospel. The Lord's called them. The Lord sent them to the nations. And in fact, even partway through this trip, they're heading one direction. And it says, in a vision of the night, the Lord appears to Paul. He says, no, you're to go to Macedonia. So off they go. And they've seen some great fruit. If you read earlier in the chapter, they bumped into Lydia, a lady who it says, the Lord opened her heart to receive the gospel. She gets saved. Her whole family gets saved. God's doing great things. Everything seems to be going in the right direction. Then all of a sudden, who likes the all of a sudden? Sometimes. Depends what they are, doesn't it? Is it a good all of a sudden or a bad all of a sudden? Then all of a sudden, the whole entire city is stirred up against them. And we pick up the story from verse 23. It says, When they, being the crowds, had inflicted upon them, Paul and Silas, many blows, they threw them into prison ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. How would you like that to end 
your day. Is that the all of a sudden that you would like? All of a sudden they find themselves not only in the midst of persecution and beatings and suffering. They find themselves in prison. Not only are they found in the midst of prison, it says they're put in the inner prison. Now that's not inner in a good sense. That's not the premium chambers. And not only are they in the inner inner prison, but it says their feet are fastened in stocks. How did they get there? Following and fulfilling the call of God on their lives. And all of a sudden, rather than finding themselves in the midst of prosperity and favor, they find themselves in the midst of prison. Who's ever felt like that? Who's perfectly honest? The midst of a problem. You see, the reality is that following Jesus isn't always easy. We're going to encounter some problems along the way. In fact, you might even land in the middle of a deep, dark prison. Who's thinking this is sounding like an encouraging word for 2018? We will get there. Do not worry. We will. But you see, as I read this, and this is leading us into what I really feel like the Lord wants to encourage us in, I feel like God is looking for people who are not afraid of the dark. People who are not afraid of being a little inconvenienced. People who are not afraid to be found in the midst of a little discomfort. You see, we have a mission to proclaim. We've got a gospel to preach. We've got people who need to hear about Jesus. Broken hearts that need to be healed. People who need to encounter the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the way that... Reinhard Bonnke, he's got this great series on evangelism and he uses this picture of the gospel and he says, we've misinterpreted it. See, we're on a rescue mission, but so often we think it's a pleasure cruise. We're here just for comfort. See, the Lord is looking for a people whose modus operandi, whose primary goal is not simply comfort. Now, I like comfort. There's nothing wrong with comfort. Nothing wrong with enjoying a few luxuries of life. I'm not saying that we all need to be uncomfortable. We're getting rid of the chairs this year. We're sitting on the floor. That's not the message. But the Lord is calling us to be a people who can look beyond the comfort, especially when things get uncomfortable, especially when for no reason at all, all of a sudden things are going well, and then we find ourselves in unexpected places let's continue so they find themselves in prison verse 25 it says about midnight and i know we're so familiar with this story such a wonderful story it almost preaches itself but let me just make a few comments it says about midnight two key words you see we all have these moments of about midnight midnight's the darkest hour of the night the depths of despair those moments when we're played with worry with doubt and with fear. Everything was going well, and all of a sudden, it's about midnight. But you see, it's in those seasons that faith comes to the fore. It's in those seasons that faith is truly proven, that faith is tested and found to be of more worth than any riches of this age, where it comes into its own. And it's in those moments, you see, that either we turn to pity or we turn to praise. We do. It's always one or the other. Where are we going to go in the midst of those about midnight moments? We're going to make it all about here, all about a pity party. Things are hard. Things are difficult. 
There is another path. We don't need to turn to pity. We can turn to praise. And that's exactly what happens with Paul and Silas. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You see, Paul and Silas had every reason to give up, didn't they? Let's think about it in the natural. Here they are. God's called them. God sent them off another tangent. They've seen some great fruit. And all of a sudden, they're in the midst of a prison. They've got every reason to be discouraged. Every reason to be downhearted. Every reason to be fed up. Lord, this is miserable. How did I get myself into the middle of this pit? But they choose another option. There's always another option. And this is the option that I want to encourage us to choose this year. It's the option, not of pity, but of praise. And I love this picture. Here they were shackled, beaten, bleeding, lying on a cold, wet, dirty dungeon floor. And in the midst of that moment, they say, I almost imagine them looking at each other. And they're like, you know what? This is the place. This is the place to not give up. And to persevere. This is the place to pray. This is the place right here to begin to praise. And you see, there is three perspectives and there's one promise that I want to give us this year. And here are the three perspectives that I feel are so important. As I said, let me just pause for a moment. I'd be interested just to take a, a quick survey so I can add accurate survey results to the internet. How many of us here, 2017 was a wonderful year. Show of hands. It was great. It was a lot of good things. One hand up the back, two. There's a few half hands. I'm not so sure. Okay, I'm thinking around about 27.5%. Give or take. We'll take a few. How many of you, for how many of you was 2017 a really rough year? Like it was tough. It was hard work. Okay. It's, it's a bit, bit harder to put your hand up for that one, isn't it? But I reckon we're about even. We're probably about 50-50 there. We're in a room, as you'd expect, this side. A lot of people, 2017 was a great year. For a lot of people, 2017, and believe me, I've seen a number this year, and the end of last year, beginning of this year, for whom 2017 was tough. They found themselves in the midst of some places that they never thought they would be. The middle of the deepest, darkest dungeons. But I want to say to you, regardless of what sort of year you've had, and regardless of what sort of a year is coming, this is what I felt on my heart right now as we begin the year. This is the place. This is the place right here, wherever you are, whether it's a good place, whether it's a bad place, whether it's hard, whether there's no hope, whether there's all hope, whether it's full of promise, whether you've forgotten what promise even looks like. This is the place to persevere. This is the place to pray, to seek God. And this is the place to begin to praise. This is the place. See, so often we're like, well, no, this isn't the place. The place is when I get the new job. The place is when that promise that I'm holding on to, that God said he was going to do in my life, that thing, that's the place there. I want to encourage you this year, this is the place. This is the place now. This is the place to persevere, to not give up. This is the place to pray and to seek the Lord. And this is the place to begin to praise. And see, here's the promise. And I love how this story goes. It says, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And before God does anything, their place of what could have been pity, that's turned to praise, their place that could have been misery, already is turned into a place of ministry. Because it says this, and the prisoners were listening to them. The literal translation is the prisoners were listening intently. They were all ears. Already, even in their decision, we're not going down the place of pity. We're going in this place to turn our hearts towards the Lord. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. And we're going to begin to praise. Even as they made that decision, already there is a flow-on effect. And I would suggest this. You see, the eyes of the world are always upon us. And yes, in some ways we can be a witness in living lives of success and influence. But I would suggest this, even more so the eyes of the world are upon us when we are in the midst of those difficult times. That's when faith really comes to the fore. That's when people are really interested in seeing what you're made of. Can your faith really survive that trial? Can it really survive that test? And not just survive, but can it see you being found in the midst of the dungeon Still praying, still praising, still persevering. You know, I think, and, and this is not an exaggeration, I, I would say without a shadow of a doubt, many of the people I admire the most, people from prior generations, people from our generation, people that I know personally, are not the people who've achieved the most. They're the people who've endured the most. People whose names would never grace fancy halls. There's no buildings named after them perhaps not even known by anyone else this side of eternity, but he knows them. And he's seen the way that they have endured hardship and trial. And they've persevered. They've never given up. They've continued to seek God and they've continued to praise him. In that place, in that place, not when God does this, but in that place, this is the place this moment now, 2018, this is the place right now, right here, to begin to praise Him. Well, I thought it was good. But I'll press on. There's one encouragement. So here's the two things. Number one, their misery becomes a ministry. And let's read on because here's my favorite bit. Come on, this is the best bit of the story. Here we go. Are you ready? says, the prisoners were listening to them in verse 26. And suddenly, here's the sort of suddenlies that we do like. We've gone from a suddenly was not so good. But here is a good suddenly. It says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, that means straight away. We'll continue. Let's press on. All the doors were open and everybody's bonds were unfastened. If you read on, says the jailer woke. He sees what's happening. He's going to take his own life. In the end, he ends up getting saved and his entire family. You see, there is a perspective, but there is a promise this year, I believe, for us. And that is that this will be a season of suddenlies. For those who will choose to persevere, those who will choose to pray and seek God in spite of stuff going on around, those who will choose to praise Him. Not in the absence of stuff, not in that other place, but in this place here. 
that we will see a season of suddenlies. See, this is the sort of suddenly that I like. And we see this all the way through Scripture. God's a suddenly God. 2 Chronicles 29 says, The people rejoice, for God provided, and the thing came about suddenly. Isaiah 48 The Lord says, the former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Acts 2.2, here's a great suddenly. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. The suddenlies of God. And I want to remind you of that promise, that he is a suddenly God. Because there may be things now, there may be things as this year unfolds that could cause us to be discouraged about things happening in the world. And we would be, except that we remember that we have a God of the suddenlies. It could well be that this year there is things that could discourage us happening in our nation. I know many have been discouraged about things in 2017 in the midst of our nation. And we would be discouraged except that we remember that we have a God of the suddenlies. This could be a time to be discouraged personally, personal circumstances, except we know that God is a God of the suddenlies. And what I love about this picture is, you see, it wasn't like the problems instantly were removed. It was a suddenly of God in the midst of that place. All of a sudden, the midnight becomes the moment of his visitation. All of a sudden, the prison becomes a place of his power. And all of their problems become their proclamation of the greatness and the goodness of God. So as I said, that's, that's something that I felt very strongly this year to encourage us. This is a year now. In this place is the invitation of the Lord. Now, as 2018 begins... Whatever may unfold, we decide now. This is the place that we will persevere. This is the place that we will pray. We will choose to seek seek God. We will choose to not be distracted by circumstances. And we choose to begin to praise Him now. Not when. Not if. Not when the Lord does this. Not when this happens. Not when this unfolds. This is the place now to persevere, to pray and to praise. That's the word. I want to give us one application, and then we're done. Someone say amen. Amen. He's nearly finished. I got a, um, a phone call from Peter and Judy, who uh, many of you would know are over in New Zealand, along with um, Peter and Bev Moyle are with them at the moment, and so interestingly is the Hartley family. So half our leadership team has left the country. They've gone. Not sure what the Lord's saying with that. Perhaps there's a a vision New Zealand? What do you think? They're all in New Zealand, traveling around New Zealand. But Peter called me up and he said, he said, oh, I've, got, I've just had this, this dream. I cannot shake this dream. I've had a dream. It was towards the end of last year. He said, I just want to send it to you. I want to let you know it's coming, just in case you might want to use it as you, you know, prayerfully consider things for the coming year. And so in this dream, he had, he had this picture And it was this strong wind that was blowing all of a sudden across the land and through particularly our church. So it remained with force and intensity. This is his words. He said, as I watched the Lord, as I watched, the Lord helped me to understand that the wind of his spirit is blowing over the doorway of and into our church. 
It will become increasingly obvious in the coming months we'll see its fruit. This is a wind from the Lord to bring new life into many lives. And he said this, one sign confirming this will be an anointing for barren couples to be blessed with conception. Alongside these couples wanting children who are having difficulty conceiving or have lost children throughout miscarriage, there will be life in barren wombs. And so I, I say that and I bring that to you for this reason. It may well be that that is a place that you're in or that you know someone. You're in a place of struggling to conceive. I want to encourage you this year. This is a year to not give up. This is a year to persevere. This is a year to pray and seek the Lord. And this is a year to begin to praise. To begin to praise Him now. Not when you see that. Now. Isaiah 54, 1, it says this. Shout for joy, O barren one. You've born, you who have borne no child, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, for the sons of the desolate will be more numerous than sons of the married women. See, there's this picture of God saying there will be fruitfulness, but now is the time to shout for joy. Now is the time to seek Him. Now, in your barrenness, give praise for what He will do, for what He has promised you. Now is that place. You might say, well, probably in a room this size, there's not many who are struggling with that particular issue. But if that's for you, take that this year. There may be other things. It may be this year as you face 2018, you're struggling with a long-term illness, sickness arthritis, whatever it is. I would say this, this is a year, do not give up, persevere. Pray, seek the Lord and begin to praise Him now and watch for His suddenly moments. Maybe there's relationship problems, maybe there's work issues, you can write your own list. Whatever it is, this is a year to persevere. Don't let circumstances swipe swipe us from the promises of God. Let's persevere. Let's pray and seek the Lord. And let's begin to praise Him. And so I want to just invite the worship team back. Deliberately wanted to give them a little bit of time. And I want us to finish in an intentional way. This is the sense I had. That just as a people, you know, there's, there's a power in us personally saying, yeah, okay, I can do that this year. It's going to be a year. Personally, I'm going to persevere. Whatever comes against me, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to pray and I'm going to begin to praise Him in this place now. But you see, there's also a, a power, an even greater power for us as a people to make that proclamation and that declaration. Whatever comes, Lord, we're going to choose this year, like Paul and Silas, to begin to praise You now. So can we stand up? I know it's hot. I know you're tired. So we bring our service to a conclusion and I want to invite the worship team just to lead us in some praise this morning. You know, we've declared it, Adam said earlier in the worship time, something along the lines of sometimes we praise because we're in that place of victory and it's a proclamation. Sometimes we praise because that's the place we want to get to. We praise because it's the right thing to do. We praise and proclaim our way into the purposes and the promises of God. And just as we conclude in song, and that's all we're going to do, if you this morning have come and you need prayer, it can be about anything, but particularly if you're facing this year in the midst of great difficulty and great struggle, and you feel like, I just need somebody to come and stand with me. 
and to pray a blessing for this new year. It won't be a prophetic word. It won't be a long prayer. But I would love to do that with you. If you need a prayer for this new year, I'd invite the prayer teams as well. We have a number of people who'd like that to come forward and help me. But just a prayer of blessing as we as a people decide, yeah, this is a year that we're going to praise you now in this place. As we publicly do that together. If you need prayer, you come forward. The service is over. You